Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bramwich, John Rojas, your original starting four with you for this episode. So much New York City to talk. We'll also touch on a little MLS and Leagues Cup as well. But Glenn, we begin with New York City FC. Welcome in, Roberto and John as well. Um, New York City, a, a road trip that you felt going in against guys, Chicago and Toronto, where you with the, all the momentum and the goal scoring and the hottest offense in major league soccer, you felt like, okay, this was going to be a great road trip to get six points. They end up walking away with two uh, at a minimum. I feel like it should have at least been four. We're going to touch on both games, but y- you take a step back. Okay. Third place. We know the Eastern conference is tight. New York city still leading major league soccer and goal differential number three overall in goals. So a lot of positives, but we always know come the end of the regular season, how much each game matters and how these points really come down to one or two points either way. So you just hope as a New York city fan that when you look back and all is said and done that we think, man, we could have had six points on this road trip, that that doesn't make a difference between maybe a first place or you know a third or fourth or having to be on the road to open up playoffs. But let's start with it. Let's begin with the Chicago game. We'll touch on that. Talk more about Toronto, and then of course we'll get set up for the matchup against Pumas, and then back with MLS in Miami. But first, that Chicago game, um, just uh, really a disappointing effort overall. Kind of flat. Uh, they had the youngest goalkeeper in MLS history, Slanina, starting. Never really tested the youngster too much, and ended up being a scoreless draw. No, and I, I like the way you're going in chronological order, Tom, so that the audience can, you know, easily, you know, follow what we're talking about. Until well, there's Roberto, a lot to talk about. <laughs> until Roberto t- starts uh, pontificating and then uh, uh, all semblance of normalcy will will be gone. But uh, it's good to see you all. John Rojas, uh, he's made another move into another closet. And, you know, it's <laughs> Love to see all his jerseys. Uh, you can't see this if you're listening, but uh, John's always got one of the uh, the great backgrounds for uh, these uh, these Zoom chats. Uh, yeah, look, we uh, Tom on our broadcast, I think we uh, expressed our our disappointment and at times our dismay for that Chicago performance. And I think the biggest thing for me was not to regard it as a one-off, just learn from it. And I just had my pregame briefing uh, with uh, with Ronnie Dyla ahead of the Pumas match, which is going to be heard on the New York City FC Network, English and Spanish, which we're very happy about, that it, he uh, they, he didn't look at it that way. And they, they definitely learned from those two matches. He said we really looked at everything very closely and uh, tried to understand why we, uh, against Toronto in particular, and John Rojas put it up on Twitter, that we had these defensive gaps that developed that um, in most matches have not been present. So they look closely at that. Uh, it's uh, it is disappointing. 
because Chicago and Toronto, uh, as far as conceding goals, uh, you know, a couple of the worst in, in MLS uh, with, uh, with with certain certainly with uh, reasons to support that. And that is some pretty uh, questionable play at the back. But two goals in three matches uh, and, the, and the way they started, you know, the, the, the confounding thing about Toronto is, I, you know, that was a near perfect first half in terms of the play, the press, the def- it was just crazy that it changed so dramatically at the start of the second half. So coaches all say got to play for 90 minutes or 95, 96, 97. Uh, and uh, when you don't, you're susceptible to what happened uh, at BMO Field. So that's my uh, brief assessment of those first two matches. Just don't, I don't believe in one-offs. So I don't want to hear about one-offs. I want to hear about learning from your experience. So as the season progresses, we'll, we'll see if they've, uh, they have. Well, what was interesting to me is that, yes, I, I fully agree that that was one of the better 45 minutes of soccer we've seen from New York City um, this season. Uh, it, it was just the way that they moved the ball. They they controlled everything. Um, uh, the, the goal, uh, especially Santi Rodriguez's goal, was just so special with all those one touches near the box that was you know, it, it could have been an EPL goal, a high level EPL goal, the way that that was done. So you, you look at that half and then you wind up contrasting it with the first 20 minutes of the second half. And it was just absolutely shocking to see the difference and, uh, you know, credit to Toronto for doing what they did. But I think it was more, you know, New York City just n- not concentrating properly on defense. And, and John put out a fantastic video on on twitter that detailed all that so go look at john uh, john rojas's twitter and you can see the video and uh, how new york city is just leaving the whole rights or the whole left side of their defense right side of toronto's offense exposed against especially somebody like richie larea who has blown up new york city in the past so i mean like how well, do you one thing i want to add though, all alone what, one uh, thing i want to add though john to that uh is that the weak side defender, Anton Tannerholm, kept him on sides. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I, I agree that there was a little imbalance there with Malde Amundsen on the left, and there was that big gaping hole between him and Collins. But Tannerholm really was the most at fault, I think, because he's looking along that line, and all he had to do is take a step forward before it was struck, and no goal. It's never, it's never and you know this, Coach, it's never a one-player responsibility when it comes to defense. I mean, and especially when you play in the systems, even your along, quote unquote, a long guy forward is the first defender, right? So it's all a mix of errors. And one of the uh, elements of the video shows how how it is possible that a player that is getting the ball by the line, surrounded by three New York City FC guys, with the two... With the two options to pass cover, right, he gets out of there and he finds a space to put a ball which two Toronto players could attack. One of them did, Delgado, I think, and Sean Johnson stopped that ball. He did not finish on goal. And that is important. When you are analyzing a game, sometimes you look more on those situations sure. that doesn't end up in the back of the net than the ones that are goals. And if we're talking about, you were talking about, I don't want one off, right? And I want them to uh, learn from the, from their mistakes and from the games. And I think they're doing it. I mean, the fact that um, I'm focusing on that 
left defensive side because it's the one that called my attention through the game and they cost the three points, right? Yeah. Because the two the two goals from Toronto came through that side, and because of that behaviors, um, if you see that left side against Chicago, you have Callens, Torarinson, Parks, and Thiago. Okay, those are the one playing through that side. And then against uh, Toronto, you have Callens, Amundsen, Sands, and Thiago. Okay, so uh, you have three different guys or two different guys sharing positions, and one, uh, two guys that are uh, the same: Callens and Thiago. Right, your your left center back and your uh, left winger. Let's say it or right, depending yeah. on the on, on sure. the system. You call that and yeah. right. And in that sense, Thiago needs to do more on the defensive side of the ball, okay? There's many ways in which Thiago is just in the middle of, should I pressure or should I go and look for the widest space and cover that guy? And that is the balance at the end of the day yeah. because the line of four are moving and he has to come and help on that side. John, okay? was, that, was that the biggest difference between the first half and the second half? Was he doing that in the first half? No, what, the big what, change, from, what changed? The big difference comes from the substitutions from Toronto and New York City FC not, be, not being able to adapt to those substitutions. Because if you look at what um, this kid... Priso. Priso, Priso, Priso. He was involved in every single ball. Okay, so he covered that space in front of the fourth centre-back of Toronto. But look at the second goal. It was one touch, and he broke the line, right? Two yeah. lines to a long pass. It was perfect. And Akara uh, was involved in, in the goals, too. So it's one, Roberto mentioned, for example, um, uh, Larea, right? He was the common denominator and all the build-up. He was always open. He was always pushing to the side. But those two guys were involved, okay? And... The positioning that Amundsen had in most of the defensive was run. He was just looking at part of his angle, his body positioning, didn't allow him to see what's going on behind him. And if he see that, he has to call one guy because I knew in some of the sequences, he is moving his body in the right direction because he has a guy who's coming between him and the center back and he's covering that guy. But then someone has to be open on the wide side. And it's his responsibility, if he sees it, to call Tiago, okay? Or whoever is in that side. Or um, if Sands, if, if, he's, if he's not calling, right. And, and most of the time, it's Tiago. But he's not right. calling anybody, not even with his hands. No. And his body is giving the back to the open space. Defenders, uh, yeah, behind the play, you have to communicate. But I think more, I don't know how you guys saw beyond... The, the first half, second half, and I think Preso and uh, Achara were uh, instrumental in what I'm going to say is the number of balls that Michael Bradley couldn't get to and Sante Rodriguez and Tiago and uh, uh, to a lesser extent, Maxi, they were getting to that ball first every time. So therefore, the ball was never get it, getting wide to Richie Larea because they couldn't win the midfield. So exactly. that was a that was that substitution was brilliant because that's what and, Priso and, uh, brought. Glenn, and, and not only because what Priso is, but what he replaced. And that and that, uh, that is for both Akara and Priso. They're both replaced players that in this moment in time are not 
or looks at least not fully fitted. They're not ready to go 100% for every single goal. Well, you could go as far as to say uh, Josie Altador looked uninterested. I mean, you know, exactly. That was a uh, and and uh, the guy we're talking about making the moves, Javier Perez, the interim tag removed, and he's down the manager the rest of the way for 2021. Right How cool is that? How cool right is that? The game. And who else know more the damage that Larea has done to NYCFC than Javier? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, for, for New York City, they they, they wind up basically ball watching the entire time the whole left side of the of, of, of the new york city lineup is just ball watching and yes you've got to be afraid a little bit of soteldo but at the same time you got anton Tinnerholm covering him so you figure that he's going to be able to 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 win a lot of battles against soteldo but every time the ball went to soteldo everybody on new york city just seemed to push towards the middle of the field you know, not forward, but to the right. Everybody pushed to the right. So the whole left side was open. And Larea was just stayed on his wing. And he didn't come in. He just stayed on his wing. And nobody followed him. Nobody followed him. And everybody's looking at the ball. And so there's just, you just saw that it was a nightmare that it was about to happen. And that there was, and it was shocking because we haven't seen this from New York City at all this year. And, I mean, on the positive end, they do wind up at least with a point. They don't wind up blowing the entire game. And I'm a believer that you wind up learning a lot more from losses or ties, and this one felt like a loss, but you, th then you do from wins. So hopefully they've now studied that and they understand that and uh, something like that isn't going to, to happen again. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Pumas doesn't attack the way uh, Toronto attacked in that second half. And Glenn, uh, the learning comes not only, you know, reviewing that game, but by using so many players in the two games. You know, I mean, Morales against Chicago, Maxi, I mean, no Maxi starting against Toronto, Medina in the middle, right, of that line of three, uh, uh, Santi being in, the, in that position against Toronto, right, Parks, you, you, you lose Parks against Chicago, by the way, a necessary second yellow card. But anyways, you lost him, yeah, yeah. right? And then you have their uh, uh, signs coming back. So using Torarinson and, and Amundsen, so using all the players give you to, uh, the opportunity to learn how to fix or get these things going uh, on your direction. And there's very few teams, Tom, on this uh, first team, this senior team, this roster that are not, you know, Ready to play. I mean, and ready to contribute. Yeah. I mean, the only ones you could, uh, and if uh, if there's someone I'm leaving out, but Chris Gloucester, uh, Justin Hack, and Cody Mizell. But outside of that, every one of the first team players that's healthy is. Uh, well, you could you could pop them in, and they're you know they're ready to play. Yeah, and look, we've talked about that. This is a luxury New York City hasn't really had ever in their early career as a MLS franchise with the depth at so many positions where you almost could platoon at some point. Um, but let's talk about some more of the positives from Chicago and Roberto touched on it with that opening goal, Santi Rodriguez. Um, you mean ask, Toronto. Don't say there were no positives. There were no goals. There were no positives. I'm sorry. In Chicago. Yes, there were none. <laughs> I'm sorry. Toronto. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll leave it to you all, but with Santi Rodriguez, uh, John, you can start us off. I don't know John, where his best John, position is, but John I want him on. Me. I want him on yeah. the field all the time. I don't, I don't care who's around him. I don't know if we have to figure out the best way for him to play, but I want him on the field as much as possible. 
Top ahead, ten. John, John sent me a text uh, while we were doing our broadcast and and he's something to, you know how John says things. It's like I told you a month ago what you were getting or, you know, maybe it was two months ago. I, I can't <laughs> half a year ago. I don't know what it was. <laughs> year and a half ago. I okay. told you a year and a half ago. <laughs> Is that what it said? Uh, year yeah, and a half ago. Warned. That's pretty good. You were warned. You were, you were warned. That was John's message. You were warned a year and a half ago about this guy. And uh, yeah, well, Roberto described the goal, you know, that just those are the kind of, that's the way you need to be able to play in front of the goal with a kind of a jammed up situation. So that that adds variety to the attack. But boy, yeah, the way that that three player combination and his finish it was like, OK, thank you. And you, had the, and you had the opportunity to play him, you know, in instead of Maxi in the middle, yeah. you can play him on the wing with Maxi in the middle. Yep. Uh, you, you can mix and match with him uh, having so much talent and the energy of the age, yeah. the willingness to keep growing and growing, that, that's, that's very important for any kind of team. And, and we got a touch on what we said on the, on the last show. New York City SC is, a, is ahead of most of the teams in MLS right now because of what you mentioned, Glenn. Everybody right now is ready to contribute. They did the whole process of you know dealing with visas and time waste and adaptation and all yeah. that already. Yeah. Right. Teams are getting players and waiting for players while New York City FC is getting ready. Uh, everybody's ready to contribute. So that's very important. There is a little bad news. It's not bad, bad. But uh, Ronnie told me today that Eber, his most recent doctor's appointment, did not clear mm-hmm. him for contact and training yet. So it's just and it's just a balance of right. Le- they're being really careful because they're looking they're waiting for equal balance on both legs in terms of all the testing they do. And it's not quite there with him. So. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a while before he gets in because once he's cleared, it's still going to be two or three weeks minimum before they they throw him into a match. So that the, the Tati Castellanos thing is is the only thing right now because if if ever were there, boy, then you'd have that rotation a little bit so right. that Tati doesn't have to play every minute of every match. And I don't, you know, you sense he's wearing down at certain times in games, and then boom, all of a sudden he'll, he comes up with something. But uh, he has to get a few. He's got to get a game off here somewhere. You know that. I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, you would hope so for his sake. But I mean, the good thing is uh, we have a, a saying in Spanish, Juventud Divino Tesoro, which is uh, basically youth. Is, youth is great. Um, it's yeah. a treasure. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, he's in fantastic physical shape and he can probably, you know, it's not David Villa, right? Who you're wearing out when he's 33, 34 years old. Tati's, what, 21, 22. So, um, you know, he's got that going for him. But what I wanted to talk about Tati is the way that he's evolved and, and things that have changed with him and the fact that he has become more of a visionary on the field than he used to be. You know, here's a guy who, Yes, still leads a league in shots, yet he has become a facilitator for this team. He's not always, always just looking for his shot. And you're seeing this maturity and this improvement with him. And all of a sudden, you look up, he's got six assists all this year. He's got six goals, six assists. And he's been, he got both assists on, uh, on the two goals in Toronto. And that's one aspect of his game that has improved greatly and has made New York City even more dangerous than it is going forward. And he's done a lot. He's done that with his back to the goal, which was not his normal area. It would be interesting, Roberto, if he got some chances on the wing whenever returned to see if 
how facing up goal he makes decisions and maybe has even more opportunities to create. But the fact he's done it with his back to the goal, I think, really speaks volumes too. You're right. And it helps him a lot because, uh, yes, we we see his maturity not only on the game, but in, on the mental side of the game. We don't see him falling off that much where it is not contact, you know, trying to look for something extra out of the referees, anything like that. He's focused on, he understood if I like, because he said so, and he knows that if I like the physical game, then I'm going to focus on what I'm good at and stop, you know, looking for those edges and, and win the referee on my side and all that. If I'm going to go physical, let's go physical. And being back against the, the, the goal helps him a lot because he is big. Yeah. He, uh, his presence is there. And if he likes the physical game. He's going to feel the touches and he's going to feel the bumps and he's, gonna, and he's holding them. And that is opening a space for others. And that's what he's doing right now. It's, it's, it's awesome to see him grow. And, and I think in the same way, we're going to see uh, Santi growing because we know the quality that Santi has. I knew it since following him back from, from um, Uruguay, but he doesn't have the physicality, okay? So he has to be fast instead of getting to the confrontation, the physical confrontation. Now, with the training here, with the regimen here, with the league here, you're going to see his body probably next season. And he's going to be yeah. all toned up, big, yeah. willing and ready to get the physicality. So, and, and that's a, another, you know, a step forward on moving the whole program because you got, you get those guys and you stand at his contract for that, to get those players better and better and better, not only for your performances on the uh, current situation and the current uh, season, but looking forward for, you know, that the next steps on their careers. Other, other than Ishmael to Jerry Schrade, too, if you look closely at him, he's the only guy that truly attacks the goal. And we haven't seen much of him, but I mean, attacks it. I, I was watching uh, some David V clips the other day from his time at NYCFC. And you know, I, I had almost forgotten, you know, what made him, you know, such a productive striker. And so much of it was his mentality to get to goal. It was just his mentality to get to goal. And he took shots. I mean, he and Castellanos have like, uh, you know, these kind of records together about uh, shots on goal. And, you know, sometimes the choice of those shots might, might not have been favorable. But uh, I, I just, you know, I see that in Santi Rodriguez and you see it in Shradi when he gets on the ball, man. They, you know. Ever, ever. That's the kind of player that ever is when he's playing through the middle. It's like a. I wouldn't. I mean, it could be extreme, but it's like a like a like a horse. Uh, he only has his eyes on the goal, and the horse has his eye on on the final lane to finish in the finish lane. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that the way that they build? They get the ball and go forward. That's the only direction. That's the kind of, the, of players that they are, and that's why. And you know this, Glenn, as a coach. First, these kind of injuries are tricky. You need to let the body dictate what's next. You don't take any kind of risk because, if like you said, if you're not totally balanced. And the, and the power and the amount of weight that you put in on both legs, in a month, three games, you're injured through, on the other leg. Yeah, so, that's right. Because you put in too much on that. Yeah. So, and, and, and there's no rush. I mean, why are you going to rush a player like that? You, you, yeah, you know, you, no way. You, you're dealing with the person no there. So, yes, he may be, you know, itching to play, but there's it's no way. And then when you have him ready to go and training with contact, you know this. I mean, there's no way a player goes on a on a match if he doesn't have two full weeks 
of full training. Yeah. Yep. And uh, especially considering the mad time it's been since he's played and he celebrated his 30th birthday. Uh, we're recording today. this on Tuesday. Right. So uh, his 30th birthday today. So happy I'll birthday. Say, ever. We're not sure. We're not sure if he listens to soccer in the city, but Roberto, I'm sure sends it to him, but uh, well, happy belated birthday to Glenn Crooks too. For all the well, fans out there and Keaton Parks, we share the same birthday. So there you go, man. I good missed news. this already. Well, Happy listen, the good news is so Glenn, Glenn hey. got to play golf and drink margaritas on his birthday. And I did. For and those Keaton don't Parks know, had to work out. Glenn shot his Glenn shot his age, oh, which is good. But the only bad news that was on the front nine. I was oh. going to say that was nine holes. Oh, my God. That is such a bad golf joke, man. That is terrible. You're Dil- uh, by the way, just uh, as an aside, Dylan Butler also shares uh, the, uh, you know, one of our Good colleagues. Birthday. Happy so, birthday uh, to wow. Dylan Butler, too. Happy birthday. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I switched the goal for the, the Butler football. did it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So New York City end up with just the two points instead of what I think we all felt like should have at least been four. The good news is still in third place, uh, New England in first place. They've obviously been the best team in the Eastern Conference all season. Orlando's at number two. Uh, but Roberto, as you look at the Eastern Conference, which is, again, it just shows from really two to, to seven how close things are. And a lot of teams playing well. D.C. United playing well. A surprise there. But uh, like it always is, Eastern Conference is going to be a tough race till the end. It is. And, well, the league is set up this way. That This is what a salary cap league does. And if you're a team that uh, has a mild interest by the ownership of winning, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that way. I mean, look, even the guys at the bottom now start all of a sudden to do better. Chicago uh, has an unbeaten streak going. Even Miami's won a couple of games in a row. So, you know, you've got th- Next there's opponent. a lot of parity nah. in the league. No, Next opponent. That's not true. Miami just has one win, right? Miami has two wins the whole season. No, they've but got three. They... No, they've got three. Four, three though. wins. Four. I oh, know. Four. Four. Four they, wins. They've won their last two games. The same score. They're undefeated. They've won their last yeah, two exactly. games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. No, they did so, not won the last two games. They tie and won. Oh, I thought that they won both. No. Don't think. Check your roster. Uh, Stop thinking, Roberto. Yeah, it's always going to be in trouble. Let's let's do Miami oh, first and then go to trouble, let's anyway, do Miami quickly. Teams. Let's do Miami quickly and then go to Puma. So what? So Miami, I, I haven't watched them play. yet. I'm not going to until after Puma. So has anybody seen them? Are they actually playing better? Anybody know? They are playing a little better. Uh, I think they are because uh, they were disaster aware. They are aware that they need to stop the bleeding. OK, that the main uh, point of this is don't let score on you. Don't give out silly goals. Okay. And then the three DPs are starting to play like a real DPs. And that was actually highlighted by the coach after the, the last game. He says, if our three DPs playing like today and, and, and playing like a real DPs, then we are, you know, ready to win games and we, we are going to be compatible. And in this league, you need the three DPs players to play on that level and caliber. And, and, and that's the first that's time their, that he sees. That's, and that's the first time that he's seeing them. Right. I and suppose it's usually, in, it's usually the spine, the DPs. We're but, talking yeah. Pizarro, Higuain, and Matuidi. Yeah. Yeah, I, I missed the midweek game against Orlando. So sorry, guys. I was thinking of the uh, victory over Montreal and then the other victory that they had over 
uh, Nashville. I, I miss the Orlando game there, so I, I don't be apologize. Sorry. Just don't do I it. apologize for that. But anyway, so now they've gone four games in a row without losing. They've gotten eight points out of their last four games. So, uh, again, they, they tied against Philly. They beat uh, Montreal. They tied in Orlando, and then they came home and they beat a, you know, what is supposed to be a pretty decent Nashville team. So uh, they won that game at the last minute. And that's going to be uh, have- that's going to be a Red Bull Arena, originally Yankee Stadium, the but the Yankees right. got post. And I, I think that makes a difference here because there's it's it, w- it would be hard to this is not misstating that they are much more comfortable at Yankee Stadium than they are at Red Bull Arena for whatever the reasons. But they are. Right. I'm surprised Ronnie d- d- doesn't take the field, d- doesn't ask Red Bulls to paint the field at 110 by 70. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that, that, so you yeah. keep it the same. You, you, you know, Patrick, you know, Patrick Vieira would have done that. You know, Patrick Vieira would have done that. He did it in Hartford. Yeah. He, he Hartford, made yeah. sure that the field was 110 by 70. But so that's same Hartford. thing with City Field. That's a college football stadium that they played at where they might have had a little more control. I don't think I don't think Red Bull Arena is ready to paint the lines. But maybe maybe you're right, Roberto. But I, I just have this feeling that say, nah, we're not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, they're paying them, but they can't even sit. They can't even use their supporters. They're paying them, but they can't sit where the not that they'd want to. I'm just saying they there's certain parts of the stadium. They can't even sit. Well, they 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 don't sell enough tickets to even worry about it. Oh, gosh. Well, it's I got a new name for that stadium. Okay, go ahead. Airbnb Arena. Airbnb Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So what uh-huh. we've had Mo- Montreal, uh, Inter Miami, New York City FC, City. Red Bulls. A- anybody else that's uh, called that home for at least a game? Um, well, Gotham uh, FC. It's a it's Gotham. a permanent home now. Yep. Oh, Gotham. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's, don't uh, forget. Don't forget Gotham. I'm not forgetting them. It's just I guess I was thinking of the men's game for a minute. Right. Hey, uh, can we give a shout out to uh, to Yael, who's the new GM at at Gotham? We could in interim basis so far. Hopefully, she winds up keeping uh, that gig. I think it's a great. Uh, it's great for the the team to have named her. I mean, it's about as perfect as it gets. Hopefully, uh, she does a great job there. That's Yael Averbush, uh, Jersey girl, grew up in Montclair, played at the University of North Carolina. You're gonna bring Jersey anyways. Yeah, and then Madison Tiernan was honored at the last match. Uh, she's a former yeah. player there. Her career ended because of injury. She happened to play at Rutgers University. Uh, not too with, long ago. Not aware of that. With, yeah. Yeah. But I hey, this, is, is there a you're going to bring up Gotham. I'm not sure. You're going to bring up Gotham. And then uh, how about the Canadian women winning the gold medal in the Olympics? That was pretty cool. That, that was awesome. Yeah. That was. Listen, back to, back to Miami. There were it's four victories in the season for them. Yes. Okay. Three of them, the same score, two to one. Okay. And I think it says something. I mean, that's they're a team like 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 I said before. They are aware now that they need to stop the bleeding, but that's a team that allows a lot of scoring opportunities through the season. Maybe they're getting better the last couple of games, but they're still allowing a lot. And, but they have the power to score. So I think if you're getting ready for this game, you don't look at the form. You don't look at the table. You look at the player's ability and what they can bring to the table on the day. And then what you want to do, of course. Well, that'll be uh, 
up to I'm sure the uh, Daniel Fradley is already uh, preparing a plan. The uh, oh, video, the uh, high performance sure. video analysis. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, he, sh- he should yeah. have a, a good folder. Do you start Maxi and Santi together? Why With not? That game. Yeah. In which match? Miami. You could. You could start them together against Pumas. Why not? Why not? Because Max right. Santi's playing on the left out of a four-two-three-one. Uh, a lot. He that he will be in that spot a lot of the time as the season continues. I think he'll also rotate in and, and uh, give Maxi a rest, and that's where we're going to see him. So when he's on the left, he and Maxi. So I yeah. Or we you keep him in the that. middle, put Maxi on the bench, and put Medina back out on the left. No, Medina on the right, and then right, sorry. Tiago right. on the left. Tiago on the left, yeah. yeah. And then but, that's, but that's a different, it's a different message in terms of how are we going to attack. So you have Santi and, and Maxi through the middle. You, you want more of the ball, okay? And if you have Santi in the middle and you have either Tiago and Tales, or Tiago Tales is not is injured right now, but Tiago and Medina, then you want more transition. No, Glenn? I re- That's the way I, agree. I see it. No, I agree. I like I like the idea of putting, uh, I mean, if you, depending on the, I, if you're up a goal and it's getting near the, and Tiago's still on the pitch and, and, the, and the game is starting to wind down, I like putting Tiago up the middle for the counters. And then you could just play either channel. He's going to outrun the center back for the most part, most of the time. Well, he, Right. And you, and just push if, if if Tati's still in the game, just push him out a little wider and mm-hmm. but let Tiago run centrally in, in counterattack situations. Maybe you're down a goal, but I just think his pace, you could really you could take advantage of it a little bit more with a team that's pressing. You don't even need to move the guy. What you need to move is the, the concept or the point of attack. He can start from any of the wins. Yeah. But but your provider, your number ten or your number six, if he's taking the ball long for the counter, is gonna play it at the middle and he's gonna make the diagonal inside from yeah. either of the two wins. Yeah. And and in that sense is I think it's a real good thing to have Maxi and Santi, Maxi through the middle, because both of them can, you know, take advantage of those counters with precise balls to your four. You know, for him to yep. make diagonals, they're gonna, they're not gonna miss that much of, of long balls. I mean, they yeah. they put the ball where they want it, and then if you're gonna switch, you only let's say you take Maxi out just because you want to preserve his legs and minutes and all that, and you move Santi in the middle. So it's like a double substitution with only one player coming out. Very nice, John. Well, good. Thank well, that's I lots think, of <laughs> options. Lots of options. No, it's really good. I, I still think, you know, despite the fact that these last two matches, there were some some issues, uh, you know, the as you look along the way, it's just going to be fun how it all develops. And with a team that's, you know, you still got to figure, you know, hopefully they recapture the 90 minute magic, you know, soon uh, starting uh, against Puma. So uh, uh, we don't have an 11 for Pumas, but we do know because Ronnie Dyla made it public. That uh, number one, Anton Tinnerholm, we didn't see him on the roster and wondered about that. And it was explained. Uh, that's one thing that's been explained by Ronnie Dial. And the other is he's already told us that Tavon Gray is going to start. So if you will uh, give me the opportunity, gentlemen, uh, as part of my pregame briefing, which will air on the New York City FC Network, the full interview. Uh, here's Ronnie explaining Tinnerholm's absence and Tavon Gray in the eleven. 
So first of all, uh, can you give us uh, an update on Tinnerholm? Is it a particular injury or just sort of a rest period? I, uh, it's no, it's, uh, no, it's not an injury, but he, he get a knock in the game against Toronto. Um, and also he doesn't have the, the preseason that uh, all the other players have had. He has had gone through some injuries. So he's an important player for us, but we need to be careful with him so we don't get any new injuries. So he's rested uh, in, in different ways, uh, but uh, everything should be right for, for Saturday. And in his limited minutes, Tavon Gray, uh, what's your assessment thus far? He does seem to be very dynamic when he gets forward. He's very physical, unbelievable, quick. He's really strong, strong 1v1. He's um, technically improving a lot. can still improve there with his crossing, can be better. Different things that can be better, of course. He's only 19 years old. And he has his... Um, his mentality is, uh, is special, in my opinion, because he's um, fearless uh, going to games. He, um, he he plays the game as he should be playing with his mates uh, uh, on the on the street. Um, doesn't feel the, the same pressure as many others is doing, and that's um, a really really good thing when you when you go into to play professional football. So um, of course, uh, he's young. He needs experience, and that's why we put him on now to get that experience but at the same time he deserved to play um, because he have done some really good uh, games as a sub and now it's his turn to to get a start and that's um, exciting so there you have it uh, regarding uh, Tavon Gray uh, fearless going into games and that's something that uh, everyone has noticed and I think we have too and we've uh, we've seen him get an opportunity so it'll be uh, fun to see how he handles uh, a situation like this against uh, a Liga MX team, uh, Pumas, that Roberto has this fantastic history, but not recent history, I guess. You right. Would say. Before Roberto, before that, just let me point that out uh, for future reference. And that because that includes this game against Pumas. So New York City, FC, as many of the MLS teams uh, had, uh, is having a real uh, pack schedule during the summer, right? And we add these kind of games, which are important, of course. Keep in mind that the first week of September, which is not long from now, we are, you know, three weeks away. You're going to have the CONMEBOL qualifiers and the CONCACAF qualifiers. And in both regions, you're having three games on each uh, camp. Let's call it that way. So the players that are living... They had to be on camp five days before the first game, which is September 2nd. That means the last week of August, players are not going to be with the team, right? And they're going to play or be involved in three games in two weeks before coming back to your team. And I think that's something that uh, 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 Ronnie and the staff are having in mind to mix and match situations, minutes, and all that for not only Pumas, but for the upcoming games. Yeah. And you would figure that New York City is going to wind up losing Alex Callens and James Sands for the U.S. national team and the Peruvian national team, which puts them a little bit in a conundrum defensively, right? Because now that they traded Sebastián Iberada to LAFC, normally he would just slide in there and everything would be fine. So now, now you're going to get too, to no? see... Uh, What's that? Sean Johnson? Johnson? Uh, 
I don't think so. I don't think so. Because no, I don't uh, think you lose Johnson. The European players are going to be made available, I would think. Right, exactly. But, so, <laughs> yes, World Cup, I mean, I... Hold, on, hold on, hold on. Yes, they are because it's a FIFA window. So the teams have the obligation to release them. Yeah. But yes. then come then come the 1v1 situation with the coach and the federation, correct? We know regulations in terms of protocols, COVID and all that are coming back little by little in some places. So that's something that the, the coaching staff needs to take care of before calling yeah. up any player. And two, what is the schedule? You know, for example, with with Zach uh, Stephens, you need to check at the schedule and see how are they going to start the season? Is he going to start? He did play, right? The first game in the, in the cup this weekend. And yeah. how are they going to start the season? Is, is Guardiola thinking on giving him the first games of the season or not? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, you don't know. No. We don't know. Well, right? you want to put a, many... you, you put a bet on that one? No. <laughs> what are the odds? What I'm are the odds? Saying, of... Well, wait, he did. How many games did he play at the beginning of the season last year? He played a few between the cup and a few uh, uh, Premier League games. But it, there's only I just want to. I just want to have that. I just want to yeah. have that. The concept that yeah. it's basically on a a personal yeah, yeah. situation and team situation basis. So it's nothing set in stone that my best player is going to come. Maybe not. Okay. And the MLS guys are here, easy to grab, easy to get on camp, easy to sure. use and contribute. That's all. Yeah. Well, having having said that, I still think Matt Turner is probably your best goalie. I That's think correct. he's ahead of Stefan. I mean, so, That's, and uh, yeah, I don't think you lose anything with any of the three goalies that uh, that the U.S. has as their main goalie. So, yeah, I, but, I don't I, think I that's going to be an issue. Right. I mean, the open unless window there's an for, injury. Right. But the the open window for Johnson to be at that camp, even if he's the third goalie, is there. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. All right, Roberto, tell us about Pumas. All right, they're, they're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, maybe not against New York City, but just in general terms, they're they're in trouble. They're not playing very well. This is a team that's having uh, huge issues on and off the field uh, because of the fact of uh, money situation and uh, things like that. Uh, and it's sort of strange because only a year ago, and remember that in Mexico they divide, they have two seasons per year. So two seasons ago, which is a year ago, this is a two team tournaments. that was in the finals. Right. This is a team that was in the finals. And then the next season, which was the one that just ended for them, uh, they wound up in 15th place out of 18 teams. They were horrific. They had four wins, seven losses and six ties, uh, 18 points in 17 games uh, for them. And they only scored 10 goals and conceded 12. So think about this. They had 10 goals scored in 17 games. And then they start off this season and it took uh, until the third game for them to finally get their first goal. So they won a total of uh, 20 matches and uh, 20 matches getting 11 goals. So not, not good. They broke a drought of six games and 497 minutes in their three to one loss at home to uh, not a very good team either in Atlético Deportivo San Luis. And they lost that one three to one. So uh, this is a team that isn't good right now, isn't playing very well right now, and they come to New York 
with a very limited squad. They only have 23 registered players. Uh, they're bringing in players that are going to be on loan from Pumas Tabasco, maybe from some other areas as well. Um, and they played Sunday at noon Mexican time, which is one o'clock New York time. And then after the game on Wednesday, they, they have a game at 6 p.m. on Saturday back in Mexico City. So even though they might bring all their players, what one would have to think that they may not play all their players, even though they might be here or they're going to be on the bench and they're going to try to bring them into the game if they if they think that they have a chance to win it. Um, that's what I'm thinking. They haven't said yet how they're going to approach this game. I mean, we, we've had somebody like Brian Smetzer who's already said, I'm putting out my A squad, you know, best team I can put out there because I feel it's important. So, you know, we know how he's going to do this. But also, they're starting goalie, which is Alfredo Talavera, who was a starting goalie for the Mexican national team during uh, Gold Cup. He's out because he's got COVID. Johan Vasquez, who's their best defender. And Johan Vasquez was um, probably the best defender for the Mexican national team in the Olympics. And, uh, and he was one of the main reasons why the team was able to succeed as well as they did and wound up with a bronze medal. Well, anyway, he just traveled to Mexico to, just to get his stuff because he just got sold to, to Genova in Serie A for three and a half million euros. It was euros that they that they sold them for, and so he's gone. And and then one of their other starting defenders hasn't played all season. Freire from Argentina because he's been hurt. So this is a team that's in. It's a mess. It's it's a real real mess for them. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, you don't always look at you know MLS teams to be prohibitive favorites over over Mexican teams. But I think that this is one instance where you would have to look at it this and anything but a win for New York City FC would have to be a, just a, a terrific disappointment because th this is not a good team. It is not playing well and uh, they've got to travel. You know, they one less day rest. They, they've got to concentrate on a game that comes on Saturday. You know, it's it, it, there, is, there shouldn't be a reason why New York City doesn't come out with a win here. Anything else is really going to be a surprise. Who said the, the pre-sale for Yankee Stadium? Was that you, Roberto, that said 13000 That's what I've heard. It was over 13000 and that was uh, late last week. All right, and what does everyone predict uh, will be the mix in the crowd? What do we got, NYC versus Pumas supporters? Mm. Can you tell? I'd say... 40% Puma supporters, 60% New York City supporters, mm. and it will it will sound like 80% Puma supporters. I will Especially at the beginning numbers. of the game. I huh? will doubt those numbers. It's a weekday in New York, and I think Puma supporters go to hell with that team. They go everywhere. They go to the battle. They don't care if the team is doing poorly, especially because uh, there's there's a, a few situations there that need to be mentioned, but in terms of the of the support, uh, I I my fear and or not fear, but my way to see it is that as much of the times that a Mexican team plays in the states, they're gonna be, they're gonna look, and they're gonna sound as local. So that is on NYCFC supporters to. You know, turn that page and make them Bring be the noise. locals. 
Bring the noise. Bring the, the noise. And bring, the bring the, by the way, it'd be nice to see the supporter section filled for a change. I mean, John, you think it's going to be like 80 percent Pumas fans? Exactly. That's that's what I expect and suspect. I expect it to sound that way. Well, listen, let me let me touch on a few things on Pumas. Uh, Lilini, which is the, the, the coach, he's from Argentina and he was brought in to uh, develop and give more importance to the academy players, to, you know, the Fuerzas Basicas players. And that's what is he is doing. Uh, they got rid of a lot of influential players, which were either internationals or, or, you know, close to a mature age, in order to give those players more playing time and more participation on the team. Glenn, you know that. When you do that, results are not coming easily. It's hard to get results right. when you're putting young kids on the team. For the first time, when they blend, when they start, even though in, in places like Mexico where you know at 16, 17 that you are a professional and you should be. You're not. Some of them don't behave like it, but you should be. Now, the, the core of this team has players that are very well known for, from MLS, and I know MLS very well. One of them is Sebastian Saucedo, ex Real Solic. Remember him? Okay, yep. he was the one who he was the one who scored this this weekend. The other one is Fabio Alvarez, who played in LA Galaxy for Guillermo Barros Esquiloto. Remember, he's a, a he's a, a creative midfielder, really good on the ball, and he I guess he actually should wear number ten. I guess there. And the other one is uh, Gavi Torres, the Panamanian. He was in MLS a long time ago. But still, I think Colorado was his team at that yeah, time. Yeah, with Colorado Rapids. Right? Exactly. Yeah, he was so, with the Rapids. So those, those guys know very well the league, the styles. The I know NYCFC had, you know, evolved and the roster is, is really deep. But I, I wouldn't. You know, sit down here and say they have to win or it's a mess or it's a... No, in, in a game of football, you go in and the best point is that you put everything in. I just want to see NYCFC trying to get control of the game to show that their work pays off. And if they do the things in the right way, they may, you know, more, are closer to win the game. But I don't think that because the other team is having some issues and and revolving the rosters and all that, then you got to come in and I'm winning the game just because I'm coming in. The other player that you have to pay attention to is Argentinian, who is basically the star of the team right now, is Juan Dineno. He was close to come to MLS before going to Pumas from uh, Deportivo Cali in Colombia. It's a forward, it's, he's a speedy. He's a big, he's a big dude. He's exactly he is he, he he is good with the ball on his feet to be a big guy. Yeah. Well, it's like and you said uh, uh, regarding New York City and the work paying off. And that's what I thought after Orlando City and Columbus, you know, four five nil four one the wins. And that's what to me what was so disappointing about those next two matches is that there was this reward that we're finally connecting. We've created chances, uh, you know, and then and then it kind of um, fell silent again. Uh, mm -hmm. Not completely silent because there were two nice goals in the first half of, against Toronto. But uh, 
Well, good breakdown, both of you. That that's uh, fantastic uh, to look forward to. It really, uh, it really gives you a sense of look. It's a young Pumas team with a coach that's trying to uh, drive them in a different direction. And as Roberto said, it's a bit of a mess because of uh, <laughs> if you don't have your starting goalkeeper and you don't have your best defender, um, those are two things that are pretty difficult to deal with. I just got an email from um, the, the PR person at Pumas, and uh, she sent me. Um, three li- different lists, and it's a, it, the lists are the main team, right, the first team, the U-20s, and the U-18s. So, uh, so there's going to be a lot of both, on, uh, or a lot of all three on, on this squad. Well, so now you got to match get up. a lot of guys. I'll match be up the names. To you. Do you have the roster in front of you? Match up the names. Well, okay. no, it's just that she just gave me the full who the full U18s are, who the full U20s are, and uh, all that. So yeah. I'll send you the... Right. Uh, I'll send well, this Well, then you, you take this. Take this. I'm just showing this. See, you, you've got this in your email, I think. The yeah, class, I do. I the do. roster for the game. Well, so. well, we'll figure out... Exactly. That's, exactly. That's the other point. You don't even need to do that. You have an official roster. Right. But we don't... You, I don't... They have, they have to... They have to... They have to send the rosters to the organization. Right. And, and they then... Get, Exactly. It, so you don't, we don't you know. But now ones. we just have to match where they we, are. Yeah, well, we don't I know which ones the, are. I give you the names: Octavio Paz, Julio Gonzalez, Leonardo Tapia. Those are the goalkeepers. Defender. No, we have Alan that. Mosso. We have all that okay. Okay. So you no, don't I'm need just, to match anything. You have the full roster. No, no, no. It's about it's about U twenties or U eighteens that are playing in the right. There's a lot game. of U twenties and U eighteens that don't appear on the official Pumas roster that you can find on transfer market that have been added. And so now you got to see how many of those players yeah. on okay. the roster that well, they send Concacaf are from U twenty or U eighteen. The experienced players, the experienced players are all in the roster. Okay, you want to know that? Sebastian Salcedo, Fabio Alvarez. Uh, Ma- Marco Garcia, uh, Dineno, Gaby Torres, they're all are in that roster. Yep. Velarde. Yeah. Now we just have to see if they put them on the field. Yeah, we'll see how he plays. We don't know how they're going to play. They got to play Querétaro on Saturday. They, you know, there's no, there's no relegation in ML, in uh, Liga MX anymore. So what White Hat, what winds up happening if you finish last in Mexico, they wind up fining you. Now they've modified the fines. <laughs> they've made them less. But how much do you get like fined? A, how much do you get fined? I, I'd have to look. To, I have to look that up. I, I don't. I don't know the exact. Uh, the exact figure. Like millions of dollars, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So something like that. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, that's incentive. Yeah. So is that why is that so, why coaches only last like three months in Mexico because they always have this pressure on them? Well, there's always the pressure of that and the pressure of you know not not descending and or going down, being relegated. Uh, there's always because the I think Pumas they're very had impatient in Mexico just in general. Ten they're, coaches. They're so in the period where New York City's had four coaches, which we are all are like, wow, this is such a frequent you know high turnover. They've had ten. <laughs> In the same period of time. Probably. No, I counted it. Oh, you did look it up. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, by the way, and, and, and that's on the low side of normal. All right. Well, things are crazy. That's the low in side of normal in Mexico. I, I thought, John, when you said, I thought you said loco, not local earlier. I thought you were talking about them uh, being loco. So I, <laughs> <laughs> but I know that's your man, Bielsa, not, not the Mexican supporters. Exactly. Um, my man, my man Bielsa, who, by the way, was the one who uh, brought in 
the new guy from Atlanta United. Uh, remind me his name. He was actually introduced today. Uh, Luis Araujo. Araujo, yeah. So Biel, yeah, so Bielsa was the one who brought in Araujo to France. And the guy is coming from France, from Lille, to win the, the, the League One to Atlanta United. What do you do in Atlanta? Do you let the interim coach, do you do, you do like they did in Toronto? Where, yes. Uh, give, you know, strip the interim tag and let him manage the rest of the season? Yes. Listen, um, my good friend, and Roberto knows him, Nico uh, Moreno. I forgot. Nico Moreno, I forgot Nico's last name. Great I'm friend of yours, huh? A fantastic <laughs> friend. to our age. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he gathered information that leads to him to say that Atlanta United is very keen on bringing um, the Seattle assistant. Uh, Seattle Sanders assistant, yes, Pineda. Gonzalo Pineda. Gonzalo Pineda. And I don't think that's a good move right now. Especially thinking on Gonzalo's side. Yeah. I think Alantina should finish the season with the interim coach and then get a new coach, especially if the players are reacting in a good way to the interim coach and the interim ways to go at it. If you bring in Pineda, Pineda is going to need to handle the players again. Right. The players have to go through. It. And exactly. If if the players like much. the experience under their new coach, the interim coach Valentino, then I, I think you're be. right. I think you're and right. He was actually the reports on the plan are that they really like playing for him, and uh, and obviously mm -hmm. they won their last game. They're getting reinforcements. There's a lot of positives towards. Hey, let's see what this guy can do. And he's been an Atlanta lifer there, so uh, maybe he understands the culture better than you know, and that means something, or it means yeah. a lot. I Over think there. so. I think so. I think so. Well, Tom. All right. Well, we have uh, a lot of soccer for New York City fans uh, as the month-long journey continues. All these matches, what, seven matches? How many days, Glenn? 24? I forget what we said on yeah, the podcast the other seven, night. Seven matches in 24 yeah. days. So, all right. uh, Roberto, you know. where can people follow uh, the Spanish broadcast tomorrow night for Leagues Cup? All right, so we're going to have a special pregame uh, uh, with Efraín Juárez and uh, Veronica Rodríguez, who works for Fox Sports. So uh, we're going to have them as guests for the pregame. And so we're going to start at 7.30 on nycfc.com slash radio. So listen in. I'm sure that uh, John is going to be helping us out, as he always does, via, via text, alerting us to stuff that we may miss or what he's seeing, which is always a, a wonderful help and uh, always great to have him in some way assisting on the broadcast. Or, or, uh, or, or texting his evaluation of Santi Rodriguez from uh, 16 months ago. <laughs> Well, there's that. That, 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 help, that helps, too. I don't so, get anything. I don't get anything with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you get you actually get things. No, that yeah, help no, you that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. We talk about the Aga and LASC right before the game. Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, you gave me a good tip. All right. Go ahead, Roberto. Uh, so that's where the game is going to be. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz. You can follow me on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, on Instagram at Roberto Abramowitz, and then also with uh, Especialistas del Deporte, which is a new website started by our good friend Raul Alegre, ex-giant kicker, two-time Super Bowl champion, where we talk about uh, every Monday I have a show called De Frontera a Frontera, where we talk about MLS 
and the Mexican League. So we do uh, an analysis there with uh, my good friend um, Javier Trejo Garay, uh, who I used to work with at ESPN back in the day. So uh, we have a lot of fun with that. So uh, hopefully you guys will uh, tune in. All right. John Rojas? Well, just leave it at J Rojas 875 That is on Twitter. Glenn Crooks? Follow him. I say follow him. Uh, same airtime for uh, the uh, English side on the uh, New York City FC Network, uh, 7.30 for the pregame. We will have a live Facebook and Twitter thing on the New York City FC Facebook page at 7 p.m. with special guest Roberto Abramowitz to break down Pumas. You know, yeah, what? I, yeah, you guys, you have to hear. So when we do these media pressers and, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, the there aren't any full time writers on there. Don't, there don't are say this. No, I'm going to say this. There are uh, there oh, are bloggers, oh all good guys that follow the team. And so all of a sudden Roberto's on there and he's listening to, to them uh, chatting back and forth and he starts adding his uh, Pumas. And the next thing you know is that he is he's telling the lesson of Pumas to uh, this group of uh, bloggers. And it, it was uh, it was entertaining and they were very. <laughs> They were very thankful to get the information. So, Roberto, well done. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to do the same thing for us on our uh, on our live. And then uh, I have to show the coaching academy. If you're if you are uh, a subscriber to Sirius, please, please listen. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but you know what's Wait, happening? It's going to go. You want to get on your knees the next time you ask for them? Sirius, no, Sirius XM is like into podcasts now. So my show is eventually going to also be a podcast. After it airs right. on series, and then it's going to be, we'll have access. Uh, everyone will have access to it. But uh, for instance, Tom Beyer on tomorrow, the guy soccer starts at home, who lives in Tokyo. He's an American in Tokyo. He's been there for over 30 years. So he has a really good perspective on the, the Japanese men's team in particular, which uh, performed pretty well in the Olympics. Okay, that's it. Okay, so follow Glenn on the Twitter thing. At Sounds- Glenn Crooks. Yeah, do that. <laughs> All right, there you go. And listen uh, to my show, please. Please listen to the show <laughs> and then the podcast of the podcast. Uh, All right, for Glenn, Roberto, and John, I'm Tom. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.